Demby the pitches. Demby the pitches. Let's go to the plugs. Minor pitches. <laughs> minor minor pitches. <laughs> <laughs> I don't you know, deal I'm, with major pitches. <laughs> you know, I I love that we are now at the point but this has been going on so long that there are now references <laughs> that can be made even outside the like bounds of the show itself we can make references to cold right. and stuff <laughs> right it's great it's great time to get your fix It's a horrible gaming podcast. It's not good. It's not great. Horrible gaming podcast. It's not even what you would call fair. It's really not that good. Horrible gaming podcast. Hello, my name is Zach Ryan with Old Man Gaming, and for whatever reason, you have decided to tune into a horrible gaming podcast, and just let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it is horrible. Uh, with me, I am never alone, with me is... Neil, aka Tiny Wizard, quite literally, back again, once again. Yeah, oh, well, Phil <laughs> to, is going to come for you now. To I, know that's, I know that's copyrighted, I know that's trademarked. <laughs> Anything Phil, Phil says is copyrighted. Phil, if you want, I'll 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 send you five bucks. But I feel it was appropriate given the the situation. You want to put peel the uh, pull the curtain back <laughs> on uh, the shenanigans? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, basically, what uh what happened was uh, we recorded an entire episode of the podcast. This is also the explanation of why the audio is a day late. We, we recorded an entire episode of the podcast, and by recorded, I mean I forgot to uh, turn on one of the elements. The, the way I record these is through OBS on my PC, uh, which means I have to set up each individual element beforehand, and uh, that usually actually works a lot better than previous ways we've recorded. Um, but unfortunately, uh, a lot of times I have to turn off the element that records Neil in the podcast for like streaming and let's plays and stuff like that so i had it off and forgot to turn it on which means we recorded all of my audio none of neil's <laughs> so it would have sounded really really weird i think <laughs> yeah just a bit so uh there was no way to save it no way to recover neil's audio so what uh, we ended up deciding to do was uh just come back today record a whole new episode Hopefully we uh, we do it with as much fervor and we we had a good episode, guys. You're just gonna have to believe us on that. One. It was really good. <laughs> it was so good. I uh, I described myself last night as very sassy, um, <laughs> but it's gone now. And who knows what tiny wizard you're getting this evening? <laughs> uh, so before we get into it uh, for the second time around, we've got credits, and that is if you're watching this on YouTube behind your fancy tam. Timestamps, you're seeing fancy pictures 
And those fancy pictures, if they are original and not stock, are provided by Mark Bell. We thank him for that. And, of course, the theme song that you heard here and all the theme songs you hear on the channel is provided by my brother, the man who makes the music, Nick Van Sliders. I do want to say his band, Red Delirium Project, uh, officially named, uh, has dropped a new single on the station. I urge you guys to go check that out. I did a fancy little video with uh, some For Honor, For Honor fighting, um, which is, a, regardless of what you think of that game, it's a lot of fun to watch. And, uh, yeah, his new uh, new single for the upcoming album. It'll be a while before it comes out, or before any more tracks come out, but it's up on the channel, so I urge you guys to check that out. Horrible Gaming Podcast. That brings us to the first segment, uh, possibly uh, our favorite segment. That's called Fan Traction. That's where... Us, the co-hosts, talk to you guys, the fans. We read the fans from all the certain places uh, that we can find them. The YouTube, uh, Discord, Facebook, wherever you guys comment to us, we try and uh, try and read those comments out and respond to them here on the show. We also use your comments to uh, decide the horrible arena. But I got to say, Neil, it looks like we're going to tie because nobody else gave us a vote. Nobody else gave us a vote. So Phil voted for me live last three week. Three in a row. Yeah, three weeks in a row. Kev voted for you. So so we are deadlocked in another tie. And uh, as we have both already talked about, neither one of us feel very confident about our pitches this week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Since we did it before, I kind of felt a little bit better yeah. about it. Yeah, but... I got to say, after we pitched them, I was like, man, those are actually pretty good. Like, we were really nervous about them last time, but I feel like now that we're doing them a second time, <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> we, this got is to, all right. we got to workshop it. <laughs> Get to workshop it the first time. <laughs> Uh, so as far as comments, first we had Seatown Avenger saying it's Elite Dangerous, not Eve, and it is the Fuel Rats. And uh, you know this is going to be repetitive, but I'm going to tell this story again there, Neil, if that's all right with you. Oh yeah, go it's ahead. It's a good one. Uh, so uh, he is responding to me and Phil were talking about uh, uh, just good and bad communities in like games with that sort of thing, you know. He was pointing out the bounty hunters stalking a Jedi in Old Republic, and I was pointing out the fuel rats. I misspoke and called the game Eve when, in fact, it was Elite Dangerous, which is kind of more like almost like a No Man's Sky without the walking around on planets. Um, mm. But Elite Dangerous is actually a one-for-one -one creation of the Milky Way galaxy where you get a ship, and you can do all sorts of stuff. You can do uh, combat missions. You can do mining missions. There's all sorts of stuff you can do, but... There's a lot of just, like, PC role-playing going on in it. And the Fuel Rats are this, like, group of PC people who started this because you can run out of fuel in the middle of nowhere and basically you have to blow yourself up and start completely from scratch if you do that. Um, and it, it's a real bummer because there's just so much distance in this game. So what the Fuel Rats do is they're a PC group that hoard their fuel and then they wait for calls to come in and then they go out and they, re they, they save people from getting stranded in space, basically, which is really cool. It's a really cool thing and the community loves them. Well, uh, in fairness, there are some bad stuff in this and this, this story came out. Uh, uh, Sean, uh, kudos to you for showing it to me. They actually found this group that were forcing newbie players into slave labor 
basically what they would do is there's a few types of ships in the game but one of them is the fleet carrier which is this massive ship that can attach smaller ships to and it can go for huge distances in light speed way more than the smaller ships can so basically what they would do is they would patrol around for newer players uh, once they found them they would try and make a deal with them saying hey use our fleet ship we'll fly you out to this area where you can mine one of the most important items in the game the the most uh the, the most valuable items in the game and then we'll just split the cost what they would do then is once the ship's attached they would fly out to this place and then basically say there's no way for you to get back so you either lose all your progress or you mine these things for us you sell them for pennies on the dollar and then uh, we maybe take you back like that's what they were doing so they were basically creating these slave labor communities basically uh, to the point where these uh, this other PC run group that saves people from weird scenarios called the Hull Seals had to get involved, which uh, just re really interesting stuff. Yeah, and and like I said before, not that any of you know this, <laughs> but um, I I really like that sort of stuff in games. It's like Fallout seventy six had something that was like close ish to it to where people would be like, Oh, well I'm a merchant, whatever but it didn't rise to the level of actually role playing in a world. That right there that you had just mentioned, that 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 is what I would consider to be role playing in the game. Right. And honestly if that was a wider implementation in like MMOs and games of service and stuff like that, I'd be way more on board with them than I am. Right, right. I, I think that, like, one of the things about this game, too, uh, that keeps it, in some ways, I don't want to say honest because this isn't honest, but uh, is that there is permadeath in this game. Not really permadeath, like you don't lose your character, but if you blow up, you don't, you don't get to like respawn with the stuff you had or even the ship you had. Like you literally have to start from scratch, whatever you're at. So like there are real consequences in it to make it kind of interesting. Uh, uh, and, and I don't know, th there is stuff like that that's just very interesting with the MMOs. It, you have to have the right systems in place. You know, obviously the Old Republic does not have a good system to promote the role-playing for these 20 bounty hunters that would gang up on this Jedi just to get clout, you know, that that's not, mm -hmm. you're not being, uh, you're not being rewarded for role-playing the character you chose to make. So that's kind of one of the less good things about it. You know what I mean? Right. I think, I think it's really, you have to be really smart about how you implement the, uh, the playing, the, the, the systems, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. So Kev Tutal then said, Call of Duty is a different bird. A few years ago, they had three studios rotating release, so they got three full years in development. Now, he is referring to the fact that we discussed that Call of Duty has announced that they will have an annualized title this year, even though they just released uh, Cold War. Um, and even with the COVID stuff going on, that they are going to have another title for us somewhere in the fall. And, uh, you know, I, Kev... I just, I just want to say this, man. They did, and that was their strategy back in the day. Uh, even that didn't really work that well, though. Uh, they, they still put out a couple of crappy games, and on top of that, they're down to two studios. And most of the campaigns, they have to, like, independent contract out to people now. 
and and I just I feel like you're in an area with uh, diminishing returns. I think annualized franchising is just dumb in this day and age. I don't think anybody should do it. You get blowout too fast. You get too far behind. You end up with a with a WWE 2K20 uh, or an Assassin's Creed Unity every time. I mean, I, I think the annualization appeals to a certain kind of gamer. I'll tell you, that's definitely not me. I don't like annualized series at right. all for the reasons that you just described. Right. I mean, there are some people who, I mean, depending on what they play the games for, like myself, can pick up that year's version of the game, get their enjoyment out of it in less than a year, and be ready for the next one. Like, when it comes to Call of Duty, I mean, I have only ever played zombies and right. I do enjoy the zombies on it, but like, I don't do the campaign. I don't do Warzone, anything like that. Right. right. Uh, so, I mean, I, that would be something for me, you know, an annualized franchise in that regard. But again, like you had said, it's a quality thing. You know, it's just, it's slapping a new coat of paint on the same exact thing every single year. Right. And, and it, that's honestly, just not sustainable. Yeah, it's making less and less financial sense too. You know, like it—it ju it just is. Like, like especially with the games way games work now, with the tail ends on them. You know, Warzone is probably the biggest property that Call of Duty has going right now, as far as mm -hmm. like money makers, and it's the free part of the game. You know, uh, Zombies would be the second, from what I hear. Everybody either plays Warzone or Zombies. Uh, the Deathmatch players are fine, but Deathmatch isn't as good as Warzone. So, like, I don't know. I feel like it makes more and more sense to look at it and go, you know, we're making so much money off Warzone. Why are we worrying about pumping out a new four- to six-hour story mode that some people don't even play when they buy it, you know? Right. And, like, instead, like, I mean, really, Warzone is a games of service. I mean, right. like, in itself it is, not Call of Duty itself, but Warzone is a games of service. I don't know why you're, ta why you're trying to attach a $60 game to that. I feel, like, I feel like what they should be doing is just doing these, like, updates every so often and making people pay smaller amounts for uh, some chopped-down versions. Like, instead of annualizing a franchise making a $60 game that, that people are going to start not buying eventually, uh, why not just charge like, hey, $20 for the next Zombies installment, $20 for the next uh, campaign, you know, and then right. keep the Warzone going. Uh, then you have to put less work into it. You put one studio on Zombies. You put one studio on the campaign. You can keep those kind of annualized with regular updates, and you've got the Warzone constantly being updated. I... I I feel like that's a way smarter way to do it than to constantly keep trying to pump out this whole new iteration of the deathmatch and stuff, you know? Yeah, and I believe that would also appeal to uh, Activision's desire for money. Right, right. right, <laughs> right. I mean, the same thing with deathmatch. Just make the deathmatch... Hell, do the deathmatch as not part of... Just make it part of Warzone. Make it part of that, and then monetize all the shit behind it just like they do with Warzone, and, like, not even trying to insult them right now. Like, I, I just, I don't understand why that's not a more cost-effective way to do it than trying to pump out this big release every year, you know? And, I mean, I think the idea is gaining popularity, too, because, I yeah. mean, like, Halo Infinite, whenever that decides right. to, you know, come out, but whenever 
it's going to release with the actual full retail version, which is like the campaign, and then the multiplayer is going to be free to play. Well, and and we're in a real weird spot too in the world because people want such a tail end on their investments in gaming, and in a lot of ways, I think they should get it. You know, yeah, I I don't. Nobody's buying a sixty dollar game for four hours anymore. I mean, or at least less and less people are. I think. I think those even people who are buying solo, even people who are buying like single player, not very heavy non multiplayer games, are hoping to get like fifty to a hundred hours out of a game, you know. And that's that's something that like I mean, on average, I'm not talking about everybody, but on average, right. I think that's becoming more and more the norm. Uh, so why not lean into that instead of making these kind of like color coded throwaways you know it's it's the same with any annualized franchise i just don't the only annualized franchise that makes sense well and it doesn't even make sense is sports but sports don't even make sense just release a core game every three years and then every year make everybody pay five dollars for the new rosters you know done yeah and then And and then every three years yeah update the mechanics of the game but like you could have I think that would have helped with 2K20 because they they were updating mechanics every time, trying to put more into it. They should just release a base game, have one team constantly working on the mechanics, and then have another team just working on roster updates. And then, you know, just make your game in the tail end. I don't understand why... uh, I don't understand annualized franchises at all in 2021, I guess. Yeah. Maybe I should make it a terrible talk or something, but... Uh, spent a lot of time on that one. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> and then Zelen S commented, don't know who that is. Uh, He's a classy bastard. I know the guy. <laughs> that joke was so much better the second time around. Yeah, uh, it was. It was primed and ready to go. I knew it was coming. <laughs> I could react to it. If anyone hasn't figured out by this point. <laughs> uh, patenting a system. In a game is BS. How do we expect to have innovation if that innovation is locked down like that? Especially because it is a system that is equivalent to an idea taking shape and the base idea, not the implementation itself, that is legally restricted. Also, thanks, Phil, for covering this week. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah, because we did that. <laughs> because we uh, we had recorded and I, we already lost it. I, I, I did want to say again, yeah, thank you, <laughs> Phil, very much for covering for me. That uh, is true. You week. said I, that at the top of the show the first time I, you did it. You just because it was, it, was fr- it was front of mind, top center, ready to go, locked and loaded. <laughs> I was like, I got to make sure I say it. And I put so much effort in remembering to mention it before that when we did our quote unquote recording last night, it, I mean, I, I fired that gun and the chamber was empty. <laughs> and then this show, you started by uh, plagiarizing one of his sayings. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. So instead of thanking him, you plagiarized him on the live one. So I'll give you $10. How's that sound? <laughs> Phil, I can go ahead and stand up for Neil on this one. He definitely thanked you right out the gate. I'm going to give him that one. He 100% thanked you right out of the gate in the show that was not recorded (laughs) properly. Um, But, yeah, we were talking about the Nemesis system. Uh, It's copyrighted, and it's it's shitty. Nobody's going to get to use that system. Um, You got to wonder if anything even close to it can be used. It's just a real bummer for gamers. 
Yeah. Uh, all right. So I think that's fans' reaction. You want to move on to the first talking point? Absolutely. Horrible gaming podcast. All right, so that brings us to our first talking point. This is not the same talking point that we did in the fake show, but we decided to switch it up a little bit so that we didn't, we just didn't repeat ourselves constantly. Um, so, well, this info also this just is, yeah, broke that is too. True. So, I mean, we tomorrow, kind of benefited. We're getting yeah. this tomorrow. Well, today. Today. Tomorrow, yeah, but like today. Oh yeah today it's already happened so like all of our speculation is old news well it hasn't happened yet actually what is it today is it? what's the it's gonna be five o'clock eastern oh thanks so God. i was afraid it was gonna be during my stream i was like oh shit yeah, that's not, I'm not gonna get anybody eastern. on that one so i am going to miss it live unfortunately oh. but yeah we have our first nintendo direct in almost a year and i i i just kind of have well, to a full lead right Nintendo in. Direct. We've had a ton a full, of mini, a full mini direct Nintendo bullshits. Direct. Yeah. Well, I, I do want to kind of take a little bit of a lead on this too because we. I, I had actually had an odd and end that we recorded in the fake show. Before um, before I, you get super started, my wife yes. is going out to dinner with a friend tomorrow. I will be watching this live. Oh yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll be I've messaging a... you non-spoilers. Like, oh, this okay. is really cool. Wait for this you know, thing. <laughs> I, I just, I just gotta say, I love because this has happened a couple times between <laughs> us that we can like, okay, so like, there's stuff and there's <laughs> things, and like, you, like, you're gonna like this. This is dumb. This is not dumb. Like, right. I can temper my expectations based off of that. Right, right. The Mario one was the last one. I think one of us was doing, and the other one wasn't. Yeah. That that uh, was actually that was probably the the last good direct. That, well, that was yeah, I believe that was the last. Uh, was that the last direct or mini direct? I can't remember. I think that was. I think that was. Uh, well, I think that might have been a mini direct. I think actually. it might be a mini direct. I honestly, too. Yeah, I honestly can't remember. Well, I mean, there's been such a lack of Nintendo information, and that actually brings me back to my odd end because. Nintendo did have an investor call where they had said that they want to move away from announcing stuff way too early. Right. They are looking at announcing things within a few months of them actually coming out. Right. And that's going to line up with, from what we understand, uh, this Direct is going to have stuff that is uh, going to be in the first half of 2021. And I did have one gripe about their whole how they're doing things, and I I hate to complain about this. I hate to complain about this again. But, like, we're seeing the complete opposite end of the spectrum now. Okay. We go from, you know, some developers announcing games years and years and years and years and years before we're ever going to see them. And then we have Nintendo who will do like a Paper Mario drop sort of deal to where we announce it and like, oh, in two or three months it's coming out. Like, doesn't give the game enough time to hype, doesn't give people time to, you know, like save money up or whatever to, to buy the game. So, I mean, it kind of sucks or whatever in that regard. But, like... I, I don't know. I mean, we have a little bit of... I wouldn't call it a lineup for this year. We know there's the um, the Pokemon Snap coming out at some point. We just had the Mario uh, Mario and Bowser's Fury come out. 
But there's probably about a two or three month window that falls within this that we don't know what is going to be coming out. So right. what do you think could be shown at this Direct tomorrow? Well, uh, first and foremost, before we get into it, I do want to say we did end up talking about that a little bit in that odds and ends that you're probably not using this time about the, the not saving up money the three months before. I do yeah. want to say I am all for things that give us less hype and more game. I do completely understand you're like, maybe give me a little bit longer than 90 days to get the money together sort of mentality. Right. But I am all for like more substance, less hype. As far as my speculation about what's going to be, what's going to be shown here. Well, Neil, I need to go back to the predictions we made at the end of last year or the beginning of this year. And oh, I am literally was... required to say the first one, without a doubt. And that was one of my predictions was that we would get Breath of the Wild 2 this year. You think it'll be the first half of I 2021? Think, I think, and this is crazy, and I'm going to look really good if it comes out true tomorrow, but... I want to point out when Breath of the Wild came out, came to Switch. Do you remember? It was a March, I believe. That is correct. It was a March release. Yes. So it would make a lot of sense, and Nintendo loves to do that, release things at the same time they released the last one. It would make a lot of sense, coupled with that investor call, that we're going to hear about Breath of the Wild 2 tomorrow. I could see it happening. However... I will see your Breath of the Wild 2 announcement and raise you one of my predictions. Oh, I know what it is. Was the Metroid Prime Trilogy port for Switch, which I'd seen is rumored to be done, and Nintendo's just sitting on it waiting. Yeah, I and I that. feel like that would be a prime candidate, if you pardon the pun, to be just dropped on us like out of the blue because it, it we are we are lacking metroid releases sorely the last metroid release was the metroid 2 remake for the 3ds yeah everybody's been talking about what's going on with metroid prime 4 i think that that port would be the 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 thing to stem the tide between the two i still up oh, sorry just one more thing no you're fine. i still think that the that the Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be a holiday one if it's coming out this year. But my guess was that it's going to be announced this year, but not coming out till next year. Yeah. So I don't expect to see Breath of the Wild 2 tomorrow. But if we do, you better believe I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the best point you're uh, happy to lose on that one, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely, um, 100%. Yeah, I think Breath of the Wild too. I I do think that there's it's a little bit of a wild speculation, but I think all the stars have aligned. Just like the way they talked about it on the investor call, the way that the the release date kind of lines up with the release date of the first one. It's been so many years since the first one. You know, it just kind of makes sense to me. Uh, I do want to say speak on your Metroid Prime trilogy. I 100% believe Nintendo sits on these games. Like I I don't know how oh, yeah. they don't leak them like i don't know how it doesn't get leaked somewhere along the line but i truly believe they finish these things and just sit on them until they've got a big 
big stretch of nothing. And right now, they're looking down a big stretch of nothing. And I said this the last time when they released Paper Mario out of nowhere. Like, there was nothing. There was nothing for, like, months. And then all of a sudden, they're like, Paper Mario. You know? And it was like they needed something right in between uh, uh, the the last release and um, uh, 3D All-Stars. And that's what they ended up doing. So I think I think the Metroid Metroid's a good call. I think we're also going to hear more about the Harvest Moon game coming out. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, everybody forgets about that one, but that's actually coming out in April, and it's uh, it looks good. I mean, it's not going to be everybody's bag since it's you know a farming slash romance simulator, but uh, it, it's definitely a kind of game that I like. I would like to play. So, and and it's something that definitely speaks to Switch's strengths. You know what else I think that they might do tomorrow? Hmm. I think they're going to do something that you have speculated that they're going to do. Ooh, what? In March, uh, in March is when all of the Mario stuff is going away. <laughs> I I get the feeling that they're going to be like, well, you guys wanted it so much, <laughs> we're going to keep it or at least extend it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be a good that would be a good call to get them some PR. Although, I would half 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 to accuse them of both of creating their own PR on that. Uh, like yeah, purposely oh, putting themselves in the hole to get the points back in spades. You know. Yeah. Um, and I would I would kind of feel like that is a little bit of a false thing. Like those things shouldn't be going away anyway. Just period. Like, especially. If nothing else, 3D All-Stars shouldn't be going away. Like That just makes no sense to me. Yeah. I mean, honestly, though, all told, that wasn't the best port collection out there. No, definitely not. But like to not even be able to get it on the digital storefront after March, it's a little ridiculous. Well, I got to tell you, Nintendo loves doing those weird sort of things as well because uh, this is a little bit anecdotal and actually happened... Uh, kind of yesterday, uh, I've been kind of on a Metroid kick lately anyways, and I've been purposely holding off on playing the Prime games again, just in case this collection comes out. But I finished uh, Super Metroid the other day, and I wanted to go straight into Metroid Fusion. And I wanted to see if it was on the 3DS eShop. Well, you go on to the 3DS eShop, which apparently still functions... Hmm. Surprise. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Um, I went through and started looking uh, at what they had, and they had a trailer for Metroid Fusion, but no ability to download it, and I thought that was really weird. I did a little bit of Googling, and Metroid Fusion on the 3DS was only offered for those who bought the 3DS before they took the price cut on it when it was first released what yeah so it was the port made existing for the virtual console on the 3ds but was only offered by nintendo to people who were affected by this so to to go to your point of it'd be weird them removing it from the eShop, the 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 storefront nah that's that's Nintendo's bag right there. Well, it's just my thing is though, yeah, it is. It's just it's like yeah. It's two dumb. days yeah, ago, right? Two days ago, I bought uh, Super Mario Wii U Deluxe 
which includes both of the Mario Wii U's, which are like what, ten years old? Like something like that. Yeah. Why are those on the fucking eShop? And you're gonna you're gonna ditch a collection that just came out six months ago. Like that just doesn't make sense to me. You know. Because Nintendo. Yeah, because Nintendo, and that's like that's just not except like. If that's your bag, if you're going to do a, like, Disney and have a vault, then I shouldn't be able to get the deluxe one, that's for sure. Like, I shouldn't be able to get fucking anything, you know? It's just, well, if, it's very strange. Be, and the, the Mario 35 is a free-to-play game. I don't understand what they ba- gain from getting rid of support for that. Right. Well, if it is like Disney and they have a vault, I want that, I want that stuff to start coming out. They've yeah. vaulted a lot of stuff, and I want that stuff to come out. And I think it's kind of done that in the format of the Nintendo Online, like the Super Nintendo and uh, NES games available right. on the Nintendo Online, combined yeah. with the classic systems. Like, I get that. But at the same time, to put the work into porting these games over to the Switch, or like you said, even making a free-to-play game... I mean, it's done. It's there. I mean, I can't imagine that the servers are being overrun to the point right. that they would, you know, benefit from shutting that game down. Right. It's just odd. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it. I, I really don't get it. Um, any other speculation on what this Nintendo Direct could be? Uh, you know, the only other thing that I can think of that's going to be there that we haven't talked about yet which really i've not played the games okay but uh no more heroes 3 mm. is probably going to be there uh, i feel like the majority if not half of this show which is going to be 50 minutes long by the way so i mean there's going to be a fair amount of stuff shown right i know they've also mentioned that there's going to be some smash info so probably a new smash character announced okay but i think a lot of what we're going to see is going to be more footage of games they've already announced and talked about maybe attaching a release date onto them and i the only things that i can think of that they would be like new announcements would be as we've already said the breath of the wild 2 and the metroid collection that's the only thing i can fathom them coming up with that's like new yeah yeah i don't think we are going to be in for any crazy like switch pro announcement that they say is not a thing which is definitely a thing because you know companies lie to us (laughs) um but yeah i i don't well, this is the first one in a while, like first major one in a while. I still am not expecting the sky from this. Okay, so we've talked about everything we think is going to be there. Uh, of the stuff we uh, of stuff like stuff we haven't talked about yet, what would your dream thing be that you'd want to see out of this direct? What is, what is your out of left field? Like, something that hasn't been talked about, so not Metroid, obviously, but, like, something that hasn't been talked about that is not expected. What would be your dream, like, right hook, holy crap, I can't believe that's coming out game? You know, I think, I don't know if they would want to do this, given the information that just came out, but I think if they made the Metroid announcement with the Prime Collection, and at the end of the announcement like the last 10 seconds make a little nod to Metroid Prime 4 or something 
like a splash screen or something like that, I think okay. that would be an out of left field because that game's development has been tumultuous to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think I think that that would be one that would be very interesting. I mean, they've rebooted it. They rebooted it in 17, 18, something like that. Right. If I remember correctly. So like at this point it's all it's going on a 3 year or so development cycle. Right. I mean, that's starting to fall within the range of time that things quote unquote should be coming out, you know, right. depending. Right. But I mean, that'd be my choice. What about you? Oh, I got a good one, Neil. Ooh, and I'm not going to lie. It'll eventually be a, a pitch for horrible arena, without a doubt. The game, like the the Nintendo franchise, that is overdue, absolutely overdue for a new thing that we haven't seen in a fresh update. Star Fox, man, I want a Star oh, Fox man. Switch game. I want it to Please. be all the bells and whistles. I want it to be open world. I want you to be able to get out and like walk around the mother base and i want you to pick what missions you go on i want full like merc side stories i want it to be just like the breath of the wild of star fox games you know what now that you brought that up there's another <laughs> one that i would like to see that just like flicked a switch yeah right mark zero oh f zero is a good one f zero i if you put a lot it. in f zero that'd be a good one too oh i i really like I, I'm not a big fan of racing games, except for Mario Kart and F Zero. Yeah, and I played the crap out of F Zero on the GameCube, and it, that has been so—it's such a dormant franchise at this point. It it's has been 2006, yeah, 2004, yeah. 2006, something like that. Same with Star Long Fox, man. It, Star it, Fox, it, yeah. Unless you include Star Fox Two, which you shouldn't, because it it never came out back in the 90s, you know. The last Star Fox game that was a Star Fox game was that stupid Dino World one that was on GameCube. Oh, no. No, they had uh, they had two more after that. No, they didn't. Yeah, what they ones? did. Name them. There's Star Fox Assault, which came out oh, three years afterwards. Okay, which is, I wouldn't equate it to what you are saying right. that you would right. want but it's it's kind of you you can hop out of the vehicles and yeah, stuff and run yeah, around in this yeah i mean and most of the games had, could hop out of the vehicles since like even 64 had moments where you could hop out of the vehicles what yeah you hopped into the tank like you would jump down and run into the tank and there was actually a like a versus mode where you could like just play as a person with a bazooka I don't recall that. Oh, it's in there. Um, Trust me. Trust me. Me and my but, brother played the shit out of it. We also played Star Fox 64. Like it, like that, like Nintendo 64, I had Star Fox 64 memorized. I probably could still play it like start to finish. Oh, right? I have that for the 3DS. Oh, okay. I, I had it for the 64 well, and I, we played I did that have one. It for the 64. I would plug it in every once in a while just to play it again. And... While we're on the subject of crazy announcements for the Direct, I tell you something I'd love to see is a 64 online arcade. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, back to the Star Fox yeah. real quick, though. They also had Star Fox Zero in uh, 2018, I think it was, for the oh, Wii U. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, that, that's that the one. most recent entry, and it okay. did not fare well. Um, well, but put somebody good on it to let it really like put me on it. Put me on <laughs> it. I will make you the Star Fox game. Like 
Just give me a development team and let me tell them what to do, and it will be the best Star Fox game you've ever fucking played in your life. I promise you. Um, but yeah, the Nintendo sixty four online service stuff yeah. that would be man. I'm honestly surprised that hasn't happened yet. I I almost They're feel holding- like it hasn't happened so that they can keep repackaging this shit. Like we just got the Mario sixty four for All Stars, so they can't put that on a sixty four arcade. So, like, it almost makes me feel like, are we going to get some weird Zelda collection in, like, well, a year? Well, actually, 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 I didn't write this down in an odd end, but the anniversary for Zelda is coming up, too, which not only right. lends credence to the possibility of Breath of the Wild 2 being announced, but there has also been talk online of a Zelda collection with a potential Ocarina of Time remake. Yep. Yep. I can't wait to play the Zelda Battle Royale that we get for free. <laughs> That'd be interesting. <laughs> just like a hundred of them run in and just start slashing each other. It's Link from the Past. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I hope that every single sword swipe, you get the hot, hot. So you have just like a hundred. <laughs> yeah, it's just like. Yeah, you have just like a hundred of that happening all at yeah, once. That'd be great. That'd be absolutely great. All right. Uh, let's move on. Alrighty. Gaming Podcast. That brings us to our second talking point, and I'm going to use this joke a second time, Neil. Let me just go ahead and get this out of the way. Ugh. Yeah, because yeah. we are talking about CDPR again. I cannot, right. I cannot escape this freaking story. Oh, man. I wish the game had been good. If for no other reason, then we wouldn't have to talk about it this much. Um, so CDPR... We're talking about the hack. The Cyberpunk 2077 and Witcher 3's source code was hacked and stolen by an anonymous hacker. Now, we've already done this story before, so we don't have to fight about this. But there are very, uh, I guess, uh, close to positive rumors that they have sold this on the dark web for millions of dollars. There is no actual absolute confirmation that they have sold this, but that's the thought process. So, let's get into it, Neil. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I just I, I I've already mentioned this, but like I I finished the game as in rolling credits, uh, and after everything was all said and done, I still enjoyed it for what it was. But outside of the next gen updates, uh, like there's there's nothing or well DLC too really that's never probably never going to happen at this point. Right. It, there's no real reason for me that. to go back because just like it did in the beginning, like how the three opening choices basically of your backstory affect how you start the game, mm-hmm. it eventually funnels you into one end. Right. Of, of those to one unified starting point. The same goes for the ending, given how things play out. I mean, you get a couple different choices that you can leverage towards the end. And sure, they can give you different endings. I saw two different endings on my playthrough. But it's still, it's just very much like you already know what's going to happen. The ending's going to be the ending and that's about it. Now, I'm sure there's other ways for the game to end other than what I've seen that are more 
changed than what I've seen, but the fact still remains, like, the game isn't going to change enough as a whole for me to warrant another playthrough, at least not in the near term. And I think that this game, like, this is just adding insult to injury at this point, given everything that's happened with this company. I, I mean, it, it's just been bad on bad on bad on bad on bad. And right. it doesn't look like it's getting better, you know, anytime soon. Multiple lawsuits, a massive data breach where source co code was stolen for right. Cyberpunk as well as The Witcher and everything like that, like... CD Projekt Red, I, at this point, I don't know why they're fighting the lawsuits. I mean, I would just kind of just fold, cut your losses, and sell to somebody. Well, the real question, the question is how they handle the lawsuits, how they handle... I mean, they make a good amount of money from GOG, so, you know, they've yeah, got I that, that... Yeah, they've got that to, to supplement. Um, I think, you know, I was talking to my wife... She is uh, 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 legally um, adept, let's put it that way. And she pointed out to me something I didn't even think about, but nobody's going to want to acquire them right now because of the two lawsuits because anybody who acquires them has to deal with the two lawsuits uh, right. that, that goes with the company no matter what happens unless that company folds. Uh, so there's that to be said. They need to, they need to resolve that to be able to sell in the first place. But honestly... I don't know that they're like yeah. Somebody will probably buy them if they resolve the lawsuits just to get their hands on the Witcher properties. Um, but like, like I don't know. There's just they keep they keep talking about like bringing the game around too, and I don't I don't see how that's gonna work. You know. Right. Yeah. It's I I'm not gonna go so far as to call it a dead game just yet. I mean, but, I the mean, numbers I was, are really bad. Like, yeah, I wouldn't say it's a dead thing. game yet, but, I mean, they've dropped off 80% of their player base. They have a huge yeah. refund rate. Um, it's it, They're definitely taking their licks, let's put it that way. And, you know, that's something we talked about the first time around that I kind of want to, like, bring back this time, the first time being the time nobody heard other than us. Um, but, you know, the games that have come back from the brink, the games that have, like, returned from death uh, are games as service or not even games as service because I get yelled at every time I talk about games as service but uh, they are the games with like long intended tail ends you know what I mean like No Man's Sky has a huge multiplayer community you know uh, same with uh, 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 For Honor which had no dedicated servers in the beginning so it was just nearly impossible to play but it had like a multiplayer community which could easily jump back in you know the single player stuff I think you said it last time they only really get one chance yeah and, and that's that's the thing like the game you get that one chance single players usually with a handful of exceptions like when you play that game that's it if you're mm -hmm. playing by yourself you are going to play that game if you do not like it you're not going to waste your time anymore because right. your interaction does not change like it would with a multiplayer game or right. like an mmo game of service sort of deal um what you get is what you got right basically right. There's also always uh, something 
of the foundation to bring somebody back, you know, whether it be a low barrier to entry so that like, oh, I could just try this out and, and then it gets them sucked in. Or if it's just like some mechanism that like would be cool if the game was better and then the game gets better, you know, but like yeah. game, we talk about games that fail mass effect Andromeda, single player handcrafted experience. It was bad. It never got a second chance and they killed it faster than your head could spin. You know, CDPR is now in that position where they're a single-player game. They don't. They really like, even though they had some DLC announced, nobody was expecting it to have a huge tail end on it. You know, um, nobody buying the game was thinking about like just wait till this gets good. You know, right? I don't know. I I, I mean, that's one of the nice things about games as service games too. Is like for me, I'm predetermined to give them more leniency because of the way they market themselves, because of the way they are, they're putting themselves out there, I, as long as the game's playable in the beginning, like not buggy or whatever, I'm like, hey, this is going to get better because I know that there's a team out there working on this 24-7, making it better. You know, With these single-player games, that n- necessarily isn't the case. Even if there is a team out there working on it constantly, you're not, you're not thinking about that. You know, you're thinking this was done and it's done, you know? Yeah, and and that's one thing, like, as much crap as I give, you know, game-as-service games, Mm -hmm. like, that is the one thing that I can't deny is, like, that openness, how things change, you know. You can have an entirely different game. Now, No Man's Sky originally started as, like, a single-player game, but eventually it did open up into a multiplayer. And, I mean, maybe there is some faint tiny glimmer of hope for cd project red with this multiplayer but at the same time like they are going to be so busy dealing with all these other issues if that multiplayer doesn't come doesn't end up getting figured out put out then that i mean that is it there's nothing going to be left and even still i feel like as more people roll credits the few that are still playing on cyberpunk there's that player base is just going to keep dropping more yeah. and more and more and more. And then it's going to get to the point to where it's like, well, what else do you have other than a multiplayer right. uh, for me? Because that is one thing, like I'm not a big multiplayer guy, right. but you better believe if that cyberpunk multiplayer comes out, like I would be on that real right. quick. You know, uh, that's something that uh, not to correct you, you're completely right. No Man's Sky was a single-player game. But one of the things about that, though, that's different from this is the fact that No Man's Sky, one of the things they failed on was the fact that Sean Murray said it was a multiplayer game before it came out. Yeah, that That was one of the features that was just missing was that you would never meet other people. But he had actually said in an interview you could meet other people. So, like... Uh, and it was always connected to the internet. So I think that's one of those mindset things. Like, like, just an example, Outriders. It's a game I'm very excited about coming out, both me and Phil Billy are. Outriders has built themselves. We're not a games of service. However, they're always online. And <clears throat> they're always online and and they're always working at just the way they've marketed it is even though they're not necessarily a games of service, they've really put it in our minds that there are, that this is going to be a game that's just constantly being worked on, you know? And I think 
I think that's the difference is CDPR was like, this game can be done when it's done. And then when it was done, it wasn't done. And now people are just done with it, you know? Whereas you put it in their their heads that it's a game that's like, there's constantly going to be updates to it. You get a little bit more leeway with it, you know? Yeah, and I almost wonder if they tried to push Cyberpunk out like one of these games as service that it's like, well, we can just update it later. Which honestly kind of seems like it just was an extra layer of skis right. on top of everything else. Because they, I think that they expected to just cruise on through saying like, well, we're going to fix it. And it's right. like, but there's... There's like a bar, the BS bar, basically. Right. There's a level of what we can deal with in a game, you know, before it's like, okay, I just can't. Like, right. literally game-breaking bugs, physical game-breaking bugs that can't be, like, fixed with reloading. Like, the right. issue that you had where the dude yep. died outside of the elevator. Like, that is, that's hard stuff right somebody right. just kind of like you know walking through a wall or something like that that's not going to make me stop playing a game i mean, me losing hours of progress is going to make me not play I, a game anymore i think there's also there's there's something about like doing the thing that you're gonna say you're gonna do and keeping promise at what <laughs> in this industry the thing Sir. is okay here's the thing though they could have broken those promises if they had done it before the game ever came out like let me yeah. let me throw a scenario at you okay like this game is super overhyped whatever it's coming out in december whatever uh if they had come out like two months prior and said look this game is really hard to make we're trying to put everything into it that you want but it's going to take us more time, so we're going to sell it to you for $40 with the promise that we're going to continue to update it. I mean, you would have gotten all those sales. No one would be mad, and everybody would still be around for the next thing because you'd get that leeway. You'd get that like, oh, they're going to work on it. They're going to add everything we want. Like you look at like Grounded, okay? Love or hate Grounded, it is very powerful, uh, very popular, and very successful, okay? Um and it is, it, it's been broken 90% of its life cycle. And the reason that people are so okay with that is because Obsidian, not once, has lied to us about it. They have never told us it was a finished project. They have never told us it wasn't going to have bugs. They never told us, like, you know what I mean? Like, everything yeah. they've done, they've been open and honest with us. Even when the bugs come, they're like, they immediately go, hey, there's a bug. We're going to fix it as soon as possible. Sorry about that. Like... And that is why it's so popular. Obviously, you can't sell it for $60, but like that's the problem is that they just kept telling us this was the game, you know? This was yeah. perfect. It was perfect. That's why we delayed so many times. If they, had, if they had shut that hype train down way earlier, they wouldn't be in the position that they're in because it's not the worst game ever made. It really isn't. I've played it. And if... If it had been even a tenth of the hype or had just a tenth less of the bugs, I would still be playing it. But, like, just because you lied to everybody so hard about it, that's the problem, you know? Yeah, like, set it, those it, expectations, and I don't think – I think the problem is is that companies want to, like, boost that hype for the money, but they forget that, like, if it's not perfect, the fall from that pedestal is really far. Like, instead – just tell everybody the truth, and the people who want your game are going to buy it anyway, you know? 
Well, to play off of what you just said too, sure. I almost I almost wonder because that hype train was so strong for that game. Yeah. I almost feel like if they did come out and say, "Hey, we're going to knock 20 bucks off of this." It's not going to be what we said it was going to be, but we're going to fix it later. I think that people would have been just as livid. Really? I think people would have been just as livid because okay. all of the telltale signs were there. Like, hmm. you know, all the rumors floating around, like the rumor that it wasn't running very well on the previous gen hardware was literally just that rumor was why we changed our pre-order from the Xbox because we have an Xbox one right. S to the PlayStation four version right. because we have our PS five. Right. And I'm so glad that we did because, you know, we see how that turned out. But again, we saw how that turned out and they're like, oh, it runs surprisingly well on previous generation hardware. Well, we know that that's a lie. Well, that's it, what I'm all saying. Of these, like, yeah. if they had just been more honest with us. Like, but I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, you're But fine. it's like, I, I think that because they had already kept the hype going and made those reassurances that if then afterwards they were like, ah, maybe it wasn't so great because they already made those reassurances, then people would feel like they were duped. Well, if they would have been, that's what I'm saying. They should have probably not made those reassurances is like, that's, that's where the lie comes in. You know what I mean? Like they just kept delaying it and pushing that it's, it's good and it's going to be good. Like, whereas if they had just like done the night cities, but maybe not, you know, said everything that was in it. And then maybe (laughs) said like, maybe if they had come out in August when they delayed it that first time and just said, listen, we're going to work on it for three more months. Uh, it's going to be a little bit buggy, but we're going to release it at a, at a cheaper point. And, uh, we're just going to add more stuff as we go. Like, I don't think people would have been halfway as pissed as they were when they, persistently lied to them for three months after that while also delaying it and then not giving anybody the correct software to review you know yeah like, and i, I feel remember, like that you know, was rough and and i remember the day too that the review embargo lifted because you and i had a conversation about mm-hmm. it about how the embargo is coming off and everything like that and i believe the exact conversation of it kind of makes me nervous that they only reviewed the PC yeah. version yeah. and wouldn't let anybody capture anything. That is the 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 biggest red flag yep. like ever. And that was the thing is, you know, once we started to get our hands on the game, like we saw what it was. Right. And of course, you know, we started to feel, you know, a bit betrayed by what they had said. I think myself um myself I would have judged the game more harshly personally at least if they had been like look this isn't what we promised it was going to be we're going to knock some cash off of it and we're going to fix it later because it did not live up to what it was that they were promising us i don't think it was ever going to live up to what they promised us but you're saying the better idea is for them to continue to lie to us and put it out in a broken state no, I mean, I honestly, I think that they literally just should have bit the bullet and done a fifth yellow screen delay and oh. been like, look, like it's not ready. And of course, at this point, they had already dug themselves in such a hole. Yeah. The last the, the last delay that they put through for it, people were l- literally sending death threats. 
The for, problem is, though, is if you delay at that point, you you only build more hype is the problem. Like, by the time that it was releasing in December, even if that game had been great, like, even if the game hadn't been Bucky, it still would not have been what was promised or what the people thought it was going to be. Like, no matter what happened, they've just overhyped it at that point. Like, I feel like they should have been more honest with us in the beginning. And I... I would have been way more for like a $40 uh uh like like at that point I feel like I would have been way more into a $40 hey it's not perfect uh game than uh just lying to us all the way up until it comes out and then fighting with Twitter people that it's bad you know like right. I don't know I I would have re- I would have respected more honesty like even if it was a mistake I would have respected and been more happy to give my money to more honesty than I got. And what I got was just a pack of fucking lies and no way to return a shitty game that I don't want anymore, you know? And as a result, they done had all their shit stole. Right. Whereas if you had told me it was a shit game to begin with, or at least it wasn't the game that it was supposed to be, I'd be much more ample to be like, all right, well, I'll give it a try. I would have definitely been more lenient on it than if you had just like fucking fed it to me force rammed it down my throat and then walked away you know yeah i don't know that's that's my thought process but uh all right we need to move on yeah i think we're done talking about uh cyberpunk this week stay tuned for the next god i hope not shit fest i hope not i hope not chronicles and cdpr (laughs) horrible gaming podcast all right, so that brings us to odds and ends. This is a segment in which we collect talking, uh, collect news stories that aren't necessarily big enough for talking points, but we want to mention to them to you anyway. Obviously, we did a bunch last time. We deleted them out of our phones. Then we realized the footage wasn't there, so we're probably not going to be doing those. Those are lost into the void of Zach's stupidity. Uh, but I only have one. So Neil, why don't you kick us off? Because somehow you have three in twenty-four hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well. Uh, the uh, PS5 scalpers are mad that they have a bad reputation <laughs> and want people to be nice to them. Yeah. Um, according to an article in Forbes and on some uh, social sites like Reddit, posts from scalpers have been complaining that they're just the middlemen, like grocery stores, buying a product uh, from a supplier to sell them for, quote, a slight profit like any other essential business (laughs) we've talked about scalping before and you know at the end of the day and i have a thought on this but you go ahead like yeah like you've said before i don't know if this was the thought you were going to put forward um you can't necessarily blame them for taking advantage of the situation but right the (laughs) the comparison that they are making like they're leaving out a lot of detail like People who buy things from a supplier to resell them aren't using bots to scalp them off of people who have the ability to buy them at MSRP. Right. So, I mean, there's that. Uh, and a slight profit. Right. That's There's no slight profit. Like, right. these consoles are going for double, sometimes triple and higher the the retail price of them. Like, you're... They, they're mad because people are mad at them. They're trying to justify it any way you they know, can. If I, you're going to be a scalper, own up to it and right. just come come 
deal with what comes. Yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head. That's where I was going to go. I mean, look, you're not doing anything illegal. You're doing something complete. You're, you're, you're doing something legal. Uh, you're making money. I get it. It's a fast way to make cash. That doesn't mean we have to like you for it. It's the same thing as Ninja saying he's not going to play Fortnite anymore because people are stream sniping him. Well, if you become the most popular streamer in the fucking planet, people are going to stream snipe you. Like, like if you do something that's morally reprehensible, people aren't going to like you for it. Even if it's legal, like, I don't have to like you. Like, you're still, like, buying up shit, forcing people to pay double and making sure that people can't get it so that they have to pay double. Like, it's just... Yeah, it's just so frustrating that somebody's like, well, just because we're not doing anything illegal doesn't mean that we should be the bad guys. You're the bad guys. Just, you're the yeah. bad guys. Own up to being the bad guys. That's fine. I don't mind you being the bad guys. I don't mind that you're necessarily doing it. I get it. But at the same time, you can't expect people to like you for it. Yeah, they get – they garner – they're trying to garner the sympathy, and right. I really want to know where it comes from. Like, do they think that they are literally like – what opening a storefront like ps5s are us and like i could see i could work a a scenario in my head to justify it being okay with it if they were selling them at like a hundred maybe two hundred dollar markup i could convince myself that it's quote unquote okay but like this is this is just ridiculous, ridiculous. absolutely ridiculous honestly, you know what you're doing when you're scalping. honestly if i had a bot to scalp if i had the software to scalp i 100 percent would scalp like it would not even be a question i would immediately go out and scalp as fast and humanly possible as i could these game systems and these graphics cards i will sell, tell you right now i'm not going to sell them for double uh, if for no other reason than I'd want to out, I'd want to undercut the other scalpers. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I want them to buy for me. I'd rather make two hundred dollars for me than give that guy six hundred. But still, I'd sell them for a markup of a couple hundred bo- dollars so that I could make bank. But I would own up to it. I'd be like, look, there's an exploit in the system. I need to make money. I'm a human who lives in America, so I'm using this to make money. I am sorry that this puts you in a situ- si- shitty situation, but. It's a capitalist society, and I got to think for myself first. Like, own it. You know what I mean? Like, just be the scalper if you're going to be the scalper. These guys were just like, oh, you should not like us because we're not doing anything technically wrong. Uh, no. You're not still being a dick wrong. about it. It's like, it's, it, and there, there becomes a point, too, where it's like morally wrong, too. Right. Especially around like the holiday season, there was that story that came out about you know people who were scalping the ps5 so like they could they could make money you know to have make sure that their kids have an okay like a good christmas or whatever it's like i again like i can kind of see that but at the same time you are selling these things i saw i screenshotted one whenever it first the ps5 first came out on ebay for three thousand five hundred dollars That was the starting bid. So it's not like it worked its way up there. So it's one of those things, too. It's like there's a line of you making money, and there's just a point where you're just being an ass. Right, and I I don't think I'd ever start the bid that high, personally. I think that's a little morally reprehensible. But at the same time, I don't, again, I don't think they're doing anything illegal. I get them wanting to make as much money off of it as they can when they can. But at the same time, 
you can't expect people to like you. It's it's just that simple. You can't do right. a jerky thing and expect people not to think you're a jerk. Right. Uh, so go ahead and go with another one since I only got one. All right. Well, uh, this is actually a little bit more uh, PS5 news, and it's a uh, little – it's just a, a quick mention, really. Uh, Sony's actually now been hit with a joystick drift lawsuit <laughs> for the, uh, the PS5 DualSense controller. Um, fortunately, ours hasn't done anything like that. Our Joy-Cons have not drifted either, so that's great. But I, especially, I feel like, with the PS5 controller, because there's just so much tech inside of it. And if I remember correctly, they're like $10 more than like PS4 controllers were. Something like that. Um, but like uh, these these things are already failing, and the console's been out for how long? Right. I think at this point we may start to want to look into different analog joystick inputs because yeah. those joystick inputs have not changed for a very very long time. Uh, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, they definitely that need little... to get a better technology for it. I do yeah. think that 2021 is going to be the year of the lawsuit for for gaming as an industry. Yeah. We've got a lawsuit against them. We've got two lawsuits against uh, CDPR, and we have a lawsuit against uh, there's another one. I can't remember what it is now. It's driving me nuts. But there was another lawsuit that I talked about last show. So it's funny. It's funny. We got a lot of lawsuits going on. Everybody getting sued. Yeah, everybody's getting sued. I. I I hope it leads to some more uh, 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 some more responsibility in the industry. Honestly, yeah. So, what do you got? Uh, my only one is uh, Amazon's only game that's showing promise after the five hundred million that's been spent on it. After all the crappy news about bro culture and uh, their failed Crucible or whatever, the only game that showed promise is New World. And it has been delayed from yeah. <laughs> spring 2021 to August 2021. So, yeah, Amazon is 50 mil, 500 million plus in the hole right now. So that's, uh, that's pretty rough for yeah, a gaming division. I, I, but at the same time, like Amazon, we've, we've kind of talked about this before. It's like Amazon's such a huge company and they got a disgusting amount of money. That's like a drop in the bucket to them. Yeah, I don't like, know. I think I think Bezos thinks that way. I want to see. I mean, they just had some leadership change, so yeah. I can't imagine the leadership isn't like let's go a different direction, you know, or or maybe gets a little bit more fiscally responsible. I'm not sure because I know Bezos has stepped down and somebody else is in charge now, but uh, um, and that just happened. So the question is, do they start trimming the fat? Do they continue to throw money at things? Like, what are they going to do with it? You know. I mean, I think they're going to still throw money at it strictly because, like, I just now started seeing ads on Facebook for their streaming service, Luna. So, <laughs> right. like, I, I, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that. Um, that's, and yeah, I don't think that's ever going to actually be a thing. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. And it actually kind of segues right into my next, well, my last odd and end, if okay. you will... Uh, Allow me. Um, so, uh, according to a report from Kotaku, uh, staff at Google Stadia's uh, lone game studio were praised via an email from Phil Harrison, VP of Stadia, 
literally days before the studio was shut down. <laughs> the email was sent January 27th, and the announcement of the studio closure happened on February 1st. <laughs> so, just again, just Stadia just sucking so hard. Like, at this point, I have my Stadia controller. I literally just look at it. I like I don't know if I want to just like hang it on a wall or something. Like you I'm should. never gonna use it again. No, it's useless I, now. It, it, yeah, I. It, it's just beyond me. The fact that they thought that they could get into gaming by literally spending their way in, yeah. and it's not a distribution platform. It is an actual game service platform. Like Epic just kind of spent their way in. Right. And and it worked because, you know, they distribute games. Right. I mean, they make, you know, they, they license out the uh, Unreal Engine and everything. Right. But, you know, it's, it's the distribution. They're not developing and being an actual gaming platform like Stadia is. And the fact they thought they could just throw money at it. I just wonder how long until it gets added to the graveyard. It's you just know, another casket, another nail in the casket. I still think of Stadia had made it so that you're not paying full price for the games, we'd be having a very different conversation. I, I really do. I really the do. only the only reason I would not say that is because America's internet infrastructure is not built to right. be it's not as like good. broad like yeah, that. it's not as good, but I still I don't I don't think it would have been popular. I don't think it would be like dying the death that it's dying. I think it would be it would be it would be like Games Pass. It would be waiting in the wings for its time. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I, I, I see that. I do want to point out, I said this on the show that, that is not going to air, and I have to say it again, because I like last year at some point when Stadia paid a ton of money to that developer of the Savage World game, Yeah. Uh, the Sa Journey to the Savage Planet, they paid a ton of money for them to be their first like, AAA first part or second party publisher or whatever that would be. Right. Uh, I said to you, I was like, they're going to look like geniuses because they're going to get paid all this money by Google. They're going to get to start working on the game. Google's going to shut down and then they're going to be able to just put it on whatever they want and keep the money that they had in the first place for doing that. And man, they're going to look like geniuses. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely going to make out. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, that's it for odds and ends, then. Yep. All righty. Horrible gaming podcast. That brings us to the end of the show. The moment of truth. The moment you've all been waiting for. The main event. That's right. The horrible arena. What is the horrible arena? If you have never watched or listened, well, first of all, please watch or listen more. But what it is is the two co-hosts are going to pitch a game. We're going to pitch that game based on a pre-existing criteria that we take turns picking or the guest picks, depending on whether we have one or not. Last week, I picked and I picked, no, Neil picked and Neil picked Shooter. Uh, now, we are going to pitch you the game, the elevator pitch, the developer, what the game is, and then you guys get to go to all the places, the comments section below, Facebook, Discord, and tell us which game you want to spend your hard-earned money on if you had to choose. With that said, the quantum coin has been tossed. Neil gets to go first. Take it away, Neil. All right, so my project is going to be Project Chroma, and it's going to be made by Nintendo. Uh, Project Chroma is a first-person shooter. Uh, you play as a scientist of Earth. 
An asteroid has crash-landed into Earth, and creatures within it have begun stealing all the color in the planet. Um, but as a scientist, you create a weapon to combat this alien force, the prism gun. Uh, and you will use this to fight fire with fire. The prism gun does not fire traditional ammunition, however, but actually sucks up color from the surrounding area and breaks it down into primary colors into different ammo types. Uh, there are three types uh, used against the enemies based off of the color that they are. So blue enemies would be shot with the blue ammo, so on and so forth. However, some enemies will be colored in a way that doesn't match their primary color. So one would be possibly green. And at that point, you'd have to swap between your blue and yellow ammunition to actually damage the enemy. Uh, players would also have reserve tanks that they can unlock through play to pre-mix colored ammunition in a crafting system and equip the tanks as needed in combat. Uh, there would also be options for campaign co-op as well as online multiplayer modes. A territory based uh, a territory capture based on team color coverage across the map, somewhat like uh, Splatoon. Um, a versus mode where you could attempt to take all of the color from one team's side, as well as a team-based competitive color mode where two teams must rush to color a copy of the same map uh, where only one half of it is colored. So you would basically fill in the picture. Um, there would also be a strategic hard mode after completing the game where the primary colors are actually replaced with the uh, 225 uh, RGB numerical values used on PC monitors, giving you exact amounts of color that would be attained from extracting colors, leading to possible resource management on top of the standard first element. So that is my pitch, pitch Project Chroma. It's a great pitch, man. I said it in the last one. I say it in this one. I think it's a really good, really solid pitch. Plus, you pitched multiplayer, which you very rarely pitch. And uh, I, I think sometimes that's your biggest downfall, and you pitch multiplayer. So, really good pitch. Thank you. All right. So, that brings us to me. My game is Project Sweeper, and it is by Ghost Ship Games, the creators of Deep Rock Galactic, a big favorite here on the channel. So... What is Project Sweeper? Well, you will start off by creating your own character, uh, and then you will be third person, and you will attain a ship. Just right off the bat, you'll be gifted a ship, uh, maybe inherit a ship or whatever. It'll be a ratty crap ship. But basically what you will do is you will leave the space station or whatever, and you will go after these large, beaten up, destroyed space hulks, like... Uh, big tanker ships or battle cruisers or whatever uh, just left floating in space from big space battles or accidents or core meltdowns or whatever. What you will then do is with a kind of like kind of a thin suit uh, and some magnetic boots, you will actually jump into the ship and go into the ship to loot stuff. You'll have to move through the ship. Uh, you can move completely three, uh, 360 degrees in the, in the rotation, walk on the roofs, walk on the walls, whatever, because you're magnetized. You'll have to avoid pitfalls. You'll have to avoid the ship falling apart. Maybe a part of it is still about to explode. But even more so, there are a host of different alien creatures that can take root in these space, uh, space hulks that you will have to fight your way through. To make matters even more interesting, you will be 
able to go in with a friend, uh, up to four friends, and you guys will be able to trudge through these kind of like space dungeons together. You'll be looking for different pieces of equipment and loot that you can gather from the wreckage to both craft, use, and make better weapons, armor, and equipment, sell for more money to get better ships, whatever, the whole nine yards. In addition to this, though, even every time your ship procedurally generates, because almost all my pitches have procedural generation, I love it, uh, it is also possible that up to three other teams of the same size can also procedurally generate in the same area, launching onto the ship from a different point. Will those people stick with you to fight alien, to fight the alien hordes that fight with you and divvy up the loot? Will they try and kill you for lo your loot? Will you try and kill them for theirs? Will you not even meet each other in the Hulk and just try and get out? Whatever the, the cause, it's going to be interesting and fun, and it's going to make that loot grind so cool and fun to do. So that's my pitch, Project Sweeper. Uh, it is up against Project Chroma, and you guys will get to vote in all the places we're about to tell you. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, so that brings us to the end of the show and the shameless self-promotion that comes with it. Neil, anything you want to promote, buddy? Well, <laughs> um, there is OMGW, uh, and I am promoting this because I actually did a voice, and it was a voice, that's for sure. <laughs> um, I, uh, I just kind of like destroy my throat into a microphone and yeah. it makes words and words happen but i tell you it was fun to do um and i can't wait to do more of that um <laughs> as well <laughs> as well uh halo infinite road is still going on we just recorded our next batch of uh videos for that as well so that's going to be coming out here mm. soon and uh i'm gonna segue over to you now i don't know why i just gave you the microphone <laughs> metaphorically like that i just kind of spaced right. and just stared right. I think my eyes crossed it's all right it's all right um i'm extremely tired and i have another two and a half hours of work so <laughs> i get it um, all right, so yes, I do want to just secondarily promote OMGW. It is going on right now. There is nothing on this channel that I put more work into, regardless of what Ziggy Vans thinks of my work. That son of a bitch can go straight to hell as far as I'm concerned, but <laughs> I put a lot of work into these shows like more than anything else. I am very proud of them. It is true machinima in my opinion and uh something that i've always wanted to do both in wrestling and machinima <laughs> so it's it's very exciting i urge you guys to go check it out uh neil did a great job with his voice and what made it even more difficult was i actually voiced the character that was based off him in season one uh so he had to actually kind of copy that voice uh which you actually did a really good job man really good job thanks uh Weirdly enough, I like making weird sounds and voices. I just don't get to do it all that often because I'm so self-conscious about it. Some weirdly. of them come out on Halo Infinite Road. I, I always enjoy them when they yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. It occasionally it it'll occasionally pop out here and there. But like I do, I run I run <laughs> my tabletop game as well, so yeah. I get that out on Tuesdays usually. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
The only other thing I want to promote is five things. It's a new weekly show we are doing right now. Uh, the first two episodes are up. Uh, the first one was on the basically every episode centers on a game that is either coming out or has come out, and five things we want to see either from it or in it. Uh, and uh, the first one we did five things we want to see in State of Decay three when it comes out. Uh, and then the second one we did five things uh, we want to see in Call of Duty Warzone. Uh, and I reach out to the community members here. I actually put the work in to talk to people to see what they want to, to see out of this. Um, and next week's, if you care to voice an opinion, is five things you want to see out of Monster Hunter World 2 when it's announced. So if you care to voice an opinion, head over to the Discord or even in the comments below. Just write it up and I'll try and get it in there. Um... So other than that, we have shows literally every day of the week, just about. Uh, so check out everything this channel has to offer. You can also check us out on Facebook at OldManGamingDH, on Twitter at OldManGaming9. You can join our Discord. The link will be in the description below. Please click like. Please click subscribe. Please share it. And as long as you guys keep watching and listening, we will endeavor to keep making them. We'll see you guys next week. Oh, shit. You didn't say pause yet. I haven't. I haven't paused. Is this still real? No, this isn't still real. I, 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 I haven't been recording. You have got to be kidding me. <laughs> I, I haven't been. Re I haven't been recording. I just totally forgot to hit the record button. I set up the the audio, but I forgot to hit the record yeah. button. Zach, you're fucking fired. I, I'm just kidding. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I wanted to keep that going longer as a bonus, but I was like, he's going to just like disconnect and walk away. <laughs> I can't, I can't lose the co-host. Like, I'll be like messaging you like, come back. I was recording. I swear. I was Please. just messing with you. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I was going to tell you like, look, I, I can fake it once. I don't know if I can fake it twice in a row. Dude, that would have been that would have been diabolical if I made you do the entire fan interaction a third time. That <laughs> I been... just you just say whatever like yeah yeah okay right yep yep oh yeah, yeah I also said this thing point. two times before yeah let's go let's go come on come on come on. <laughs>